5: Today is Wednesday, July 14th, 2021. Coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered. After Democratic Texas lawmakers left the state to stop, the voting laws being passed. The Texas Senate passed the bill anyway. We'll talk to one of the members of the Texas Black Caucus. Over 150 corporations are urging Congress to enact the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act. We'll talk about that. And also, AT&T, their Texas PAC, gave $100,000 to Governor Greg Abbott on the day he called for the special session. Really? Senate Democrats have reached an agreement on a $3.5 trillion budget plan. Also, tomorrow, uh, black women are going to be taken to the streets to fight for voting rights. Republicans, they are criticizing the Democrats' $579 billion bipartisan infrastructure agreement. Well, that's no shock because they have no plan. We'll also talk about who's funding the critical race theory hysteria. Yeah, I told you all about that yesterday. Plus, we'll show you a clip from a black man who says, well, you know, slavery was not racist. And he's an idiot. And cash out. They have blocked those fraudulent accounts that were impersonating Roland Martin Unfiltered. Folks, it's time to bring the funk on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Let's go. today, after Democratic uh, Texas lawmakers left the state to stop restrictive voting laws from being passed, the Texas Senate passes the bill anyway. But if those 51 lawmakers don't return before the end of the special session, the bill will not pass in the House. Republicans are leaning on Governor Greg Abbott's threat to arrest those who left to bring them back for a quorum. Yeah, but the problem is they have no jurisdiction outside the state of Texas, so... Who the hell can they actually arrest? Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell criticized Texas Democrats by saying, to, by saying he described, uh, first of all, he, decided to, he said they should grab some beer, hop on a private plane, and flee the state in what they're pretending is some great moral crusade. In reality, they just come here to Washington and snap selfies and bask in the limelight. No, that's actually not what legislators have done, uh, Mitch McConnell. It's because people like you are stopping them from passing voting laws despite some disapprovals the NAACP shows its support by vowing to pay bail to those who get arrested those texas lawmakers and democratic leaders plan to remain out of the state until the special session ends on august 7th representative jarvis johnson is the secretary of the texas legislative black caucus and barbara gervin hawkins also joins us glad to have both of you folks how you doing I'm doing fine.
3: Good,
5: how are you? Uh, Doing great. So Mitch McConnell says y'all are just here on a nice little vacation uh, and you're basking in the limelight. How do you respond?
6: Well, I think no doubt he's trying to uh, detract from what the real issues are. And the real issues are they're trying to take us back to the days of old. And we cannot put up with that. My colleague and I know that we fought hard to make sure that our forefathers will will not be rolling over in their grave because of what's happening.
5: Um, Representative Johnson, uh, again, uh, Republicans are whining. They're complaining. Governor Greg Abbott says this is all futile. It doesn't matter. He'll call session after session after session. He doesn't think y'all are serious.
3: Well, if he doesn't think we're serious, just to because at the end of the day, we're going to stay focused no, on what we need no. to do, and that is to make sure that we uh, stop this hater, uh, hateful, harmful bill. Uh, the fact that we know Governor Abbott and, and all the Republicans operate from a, uh, a showmanship governance, uh, we're not here to, no, no. Bill, to make uh, and stop this hateful bill.
5: Uh, Representative Bourbon no. Hawkins, one of the things that uh, people don't realize, they don't realize that really what Abbott is doing uh, they are ticked off that Republicans have gotten their butts kicked in Harris County, where Houston is in Dallas County, where Dallas is. Uh, They've been getting, uh, just killed in the, in the large counties in Texas where, uh, Democrats were within, uh, five seats of regaining, uh, the Texas house. That's really what this is all about. They do not want to see black and brown voters exercising their power in Texas.
6: Right, and you know, Roland, we were nine seats short. Uh, We worked real hard to get it. Uh, We weren't successful, but I'll tell you, uh, we're gonna continue to work hard for our folks. Now, no doubt they're angry. Uh, They see more black and brown people turning out to vote, and they're trying to provide intimidation to suppress the vote.
5: Uh, On that particular point, uh, Representative Johnson, again, when when you start looking at uh, the numbers, when you start looking at uh, what what the turnout is, uh, are how how many seats are up next year, uh, and, uh, and and is in 2022, isn't this really about uh, the Republicans being scared to death that Democrats could regain uh, one of the chambers, named largely the House. Looks like we've lost uh, Representative Johnson. Uh, so we're going to try to get him back while we lost his signal there. Uh, I'll, I'll go back to Representative uh, Gervin Hawkins. Um, what conversations have y'all been holding here in uh, Washington, D.C.? You have yesterday's Senator Joe Manchin said he does plan to meet with Texas Democrats. Uh, have any of y'all had any conversations with uh, Senator Kristen Sinema? They are the two holdouts. If they would commit to ending the filibuster, specifically when it comes to voting then these two bills could pass.
6: Right, so we've been meeting with quite a few senators because it's gonna take all 50 so that our wonderful vice president can break the tie. But we've got to educate our senators, our US senators, on what's really going on. I think they don't really understand the gravity of what's happening. They see across the country, the voter suppression movement, but in Texas, I mean, they're really setting up. Think about it. Uh, a poll watcher can come and look over your shoulder. Well, guess what? Your, vi- your, your vote is supposed to be secured and private. It's a intimidation tactic. Uh, poll workers have been given so much uh, a leeway that they can almost do anything. And I think many of our folks know they show up at the polls trying to vote, and then they get an irate or a right wing type poll watcher and then they get discouraged. And sometimes they send you to the wrong poll and that's a problem. So we're meeting, talking to our senators, talking to our congressional people and, and trying to highlight what's really happening. And, and all of the deflection that our uh, governor, lieutenant governor and Speaker of the House is doing is wrong.
5: Um, just for so folks to understand, uh, where does it stand right now? How many How many Republicans are in the Texas House? How many Democrats?
6: There's a total of 150, and there's 83 Republicans and 67 Democrats.
5: So, so they have uh, a 16-seat a uh, majority, and uh, and and are all seats up for re-election in 2022.
6: Everybody, we run every two years, so every seat is up for re-election. But as you know, Roland, there's those those uh, swing uh, those swing districts. So we've got some swing districts that we're working very hard to see if we can get a Democrat to take those seats. So again, we were unsuccessful last time, two years ago, but you know, now with everything's going on, with the permitless carry and a lot of egregious bills that went through this session, we believe we have a great opportunity to appeal to the people to flip some of those seats.
5: Um, and it has been uh, nine years, Representative Johnson, since Democrats uh, have been in control of uh, the Texas House. Can't hear you. There we go, go ahead.
3: We don't want it to be longer than that. And that's why I think it's important that we stop these type of hateful bills that they're trying to put forth. So the fact is, is that Republicans understand that their, their days are numbers and, and their numbers are short. But we have a, um, a sleeping giant in our voting base. And that's why they're trying to suppress these, these votes, because they understand that we're coming for those seats. And we're definitely going to take those seats back to bring sensible government back to Texas.
5: Um, the uh, I, I, uh, before I before you you got cut off, I was specifically talking about uh, again the impact of the large counties and how Republicans have been get, have have been beaten, and they are scared to death also of how they've been losing ground in the suburbs. That's why they are so desperate uh, to pass these restrictions, especially trying to keep Harris County uh, from being able to do what they're doing.
3: These, these bills are have only been uh, directed at uh, municipalities where the the, uh, the population obviously has become stronger Democratic and absolutely uh, black and Hispanic and so they, that's why they're only targeting like I got again. I got so, you can you hear me
5: yeah I can hear you keep talking go ahead
3: well and I think that's why it's important that we, we continue to to, to to fight, because they're thinking suppressing our votes are going to stop uh, their efforts to, to keep the House and keep this uh, this power. But I won't allow this uh, this type of American apartheid uh, that's going to take place uh, if we allow this minority to be, uh, the, to stay in power, to pass hateful legislation that they're passing.
5: All right, then. Uh, Representative Gervin Hawkins, Representative Johnson, we surely appreciate it. Thanks a lot.
6: Thank, Thank you, you, Roland. Appreciate it. Keep right. highlighting it, Roland. We need your help. We need the media's help
5: on this. Well, uh, being native of Texas, of course, uh, we're going to be focused. We're going to focus on this every single day and keep the light on it. Thank
6: you.
5: Appreciate it. Thank you. I right, appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Looking at my panel: A. Scott Bolden, he's the former chair, of National Bar Association Political Action Committee. Robert Patillo, executive director, of Rainbow Push Coalition, Peach Tree Street Project. Um, Robert, I want to start with you. Um, it's a lot of people. Um, are not happy at all uh, with the speech that uh, President Joe Biden uh, gave yesterday. Uh, Charlemagne the God gave him donkey of the day uh, on the Breakfast Club this morning. Uh, Cliff Albright uh, has been extremely critical uh, of, of, of that particular speech because he didn't even bring up Senator Cinema or Manchin, didn't even mention the filibuster. And so uh, this is what uh, this is what's going on. And I was sitting here uh, looking at this. Here's one of the tweets. Uh, go to my computer here. Uh, this is what Cliff tweeted. Uh, it does little good for pollers to give a speech emphasizing the history of civil rights battles while absolutely ignoring the role the filibuster has played historically and how it's blocking voting rights today. Uh, historian Kevin Cruz uh, tweeted this. Filibuster against Civil Rights Bill 1874. Filibuster against Civil Rights Bill 1875. Filibuster against a pension for a black official in 1906. Filibuster against confirmation of a black official 1909. Uh, And then he had um, filibuster against anti-lynching bill 1921. Filibuster against anti-lynching bill 1922. Filibuster against anti-lynching bill 1925. Filibuster against monument to black World War One veterans 1926. Uh, Uh, filibuster against anti-lynching bill 1935 against anti-lynching bill 1938 against bill targeting racial discrimination and unemployment 1945 filibuster against truman's civil rights proposals 1948 uh he then filibuster against truman's civil rights proposals 1949 1950 against measures to fight housing discrimination 1954 against the civil rights bill 1957 against the civil rights bill 1960 1962, 1963, 1964, 1966, 1968, 1972, against Civil Rights Bill 1976, against Extending the Voting Rights Act 1982, against the creation of the MOK Day Federal Holiday 1983, against Civil Rights Bill 1984, on and on.
7: Well, what I think President Biden has to do is exert some real presidential leadership. We, well, he was elected kind of as this LBJ figure, this figure who is a master of the Senate, who knows every hallway inside the Dirksen building, uh, so to say. But we have not seen any type of legislative pressure that he, um, that, that uh, LBJ put out in 1964 that Joe Biden could put out right now in, 19, uh, in 2021. This is crucial. And I, I know the argument is always, well, what's going to happen if you eliminate the filibuster when Republicans get back in power? Let's look at the numbers and just be for real right here the 50 Republican senators represent 41 million fewer people than the 50 Democratic senators. Republicans have not won a popular vote in a national election since 2004. So if you have a 17-year-old sitting here listening right now, they have never in their lifetime seen a Republican win the popular vote. Indeed, they won the popular vote one time in the last 30 years. So if you have a 30-year-old, they've only seen a Republican win the popular vote one time in their lifetime. So this idea that somehow they will be able to bounce back and take back over power, is not evidenced by history. They do not have the numbers. Without voter suppression, they have no ability to win elections. We're seeing this in Georgia, where suddenly, for the first time in a decade, Democrats won two statewide seats, and they immediately changed the voting laws. We see this in Texas right now in the instant case, where Democrats are making inroads in, in many of the statewide elections or may be able to challenge for a Senate seat uh, coming up, so you have to change the voting laws. So Democrats have to get off their butts. They have to act the same way the Republicans are doing. Republicans can lose an election by 8 million votes and then tour the country for the next year claiming that they won. Democrats can win the election and still act like they lost. They're going to have to get some real strong presidential leadership, put some pressure on these people. Kristen Sinema, uh, uh out west, I guarantee you start pulling some highway funding, pulling some water funding from her state. She'll get on board. Joe Manchin right there in the Rust Belt, you start getting uh, get, closing out military bases in his state, I guarantee he'll get on board. We have to take a tough line with these people. Otherwise they will compromise and compromise and compromise you right out of office and right out of power.
5: Um, This year uh, was, I mean, you know, one of the things that, um, uh, if you understand what's going on here, Ron Brownstein uh, has a piece out, uh, Scott, and, and then he, this is what he wrote. The repeated White House suggestion that voters, especially voters of color, can overcome these restrictive laws with more effort has infuriated civil rights activists. They say it deflects responsibility from the real issue, whether Biden and the Senate Dems are making enough effort to pass new legislation.
8: Yeah, um, uh, I I agree, the speech was was quite weak. And the disappointment in Biden is that he's committed, but he seems like he's this willing prisoner of the filibuster, willing prisoner of losing Manchin and the Arizona Senator who may go to be Republican for black people, this is everything. And you don't get a sense from Biden that it means everything. He still thinks he can cut a deal. Well, tell us what deal you can cut. Or tell us how you're going to hammer those two senators on the Democratic side who support the filibuster. Because otherwise, you're a willing prisoner of the system, and the system has never been helpful to black people. So what are you going to do to hammer them? What are you going to do to avoid the filibuster or overcome it, what are you going to do to craft something to get through, get it approved, so that we can vote and um, and get criminal justice reform, uh, get, uh, get, get legislation against voter suppression, and what have you? But if you're not willing to do that, then you're not down to do that. And so for black people, it's everything, and the future's now. Robert can talk about the future and votes and how we can win and so forth and so on, but the bottom line is Democrats don't have the votes right now. There's only so much Biden can do unless he's going to put it all on the line and he needs to show America and show black people he's willing to do that. To date, he certainly hasn't crossed that line to give it his all. Uh,
5: Robert, uh, Ron Brownstein also uh, shared another tweet from Cliff Albright. This is what he said. Don't come relying on activists to out-organize voter suppression to compensate for your legislative failures. This ain't the Green Mile or Bagger Vance and we're not your magical Negroes covering up your broken promises. Cliff ain't holding back, Robert. He's 100% correct.
7: <laughs> Let us understand. We are expecting Democrat or activists and people on the ground and nonprofit groups uh, not just to win elections, but to win by landslides just to barely win. So we have to overcome all of the voter suppression. We have to overcome voter ID. We have to overcome changing polling locations. We have to overcome um, uh, many of these schemes and what Reverend Jackson calls tricky leaks, which are used to suppress the vote um, in many states. We have to overcome all that. And even when you do, like we did in Georgia, uh, as most deaths say, you start keeping pace. They start switching up the tempo on you, and they change the rules right under you. You have to have federal oversight. The reason that the Voting Rights Act of 1965 was so crucial is because the right to vote is dispositive of all other rights nothing else you do matters unless you have a vote. Nothing else, no, no other legislative package that you pass matters unless you are able to secure the right to, to vote for African Americans or for black and brown people in this country, because otherwise, in 2022, if they take back the House, or in 2024, if they take back the White House, they can reverse everything if you don't secure the vote first. And it's not this sexy issue. I understand that. It's not the thing you toured the country on. But I understand it's Just as lowly old black folks wouldn't have a voice in politics, and that's not the sexy thing that gets on billboards, and that's good for re-election campaign, as in many uh, many areas. But it is, is the one thing that will secure our democracy going forward and prevent the rise of the authoritarian. The people who stormed the Capitol are in the minority. That's why they're trying to stop us from voting.
5: Uh, I want to bring in Melanie Campbell. She is, of course, with the National Coalition of Black Civic Participation. Uh, they have been engaged in uh, activism all week uh, on this whole issue. Uh, they're going to be, uh, of course, uh, uh having, um, uh, a rally to, uh, in, in act, act, act activation tomorrow, uh, at the, at the, uh, outside of the U S Capitol. Uh, Melanie, um, again, activists are not saying they're giving up. They're not saying that they're going to quit. Uh, but what they are demanding is more from this white house and saying, you know, again, Biden, giving a speech in Philadelphia, Never mentioning filibuster, never mentioning cinema, never mentioning uh, uh mansion, never mentioning uh any of that, uh, is, ki- is, is, is kind of sad and it speaks to again, people want to hear a real plan of action as opposed to say, hey, activists, y'all do more. Um, uh,
9: thanks, Rogan, for bringing me on. Um, yeah- what, uh, you know, I, I thought it was a lot of, of um, strong things that he said, but what I, was, I heard missing in that speech uh, was really wanting to hear him talk about what he was going to do about the uh, process, right, the people over the process, and do, deal mm-hmm. with this filibuster. Um, one of the reasons that we're doing this um, this week of action, Black women and allies, um, is because we want to also put the pressure on um, the Senate, Democrats and Republicans. Um, most especially uh, because that's where right now the, we want them to take and, and, and put back on the front burner before the people act uh, because we know a lot of what, uh, if, that, if nothing gets passed now, the, the sense of urgency is there because redistricting is right down around the corner and we can look up and we can lose a whole lot of, of elected officials that we voted for in 2020, in 2022. So we are um, uh, unmoved, and we're going to have to keep fighting. And people say, well, you know, they don't have the votes. People say that, well, whatever it was, black folks showed up, black women, we showed up, black men, of course, you showed up too. We have to demand from our elected officials, those people who won by our vote, to, uh, and I apologize that I'm, I'm where I can't be. Uh, I think I'm shaking a little bit, I apologize for that, but I'm just out where I couldn't get, get um, uh, this techn- technology straight. Um, but for us, it is do or die, it is a state of emergency. And so we have over 40 organizations uh, uh, nationally, as well as folks coming from Georgia and uh, Texas tomorrow, uh, that we're gonna be on the Hill with a call of action, as well as some, a little bit of civil disobedience. Tomorrow. Uh, and and really again, put,
5: okay, uh, but you're gonna be there yeah. at what time tomorrow? So if people wanna one join y'all. four four o'clock. Okay, at, I'll, I'll, um, hold, hold on one second, hold on Melody. If people wanna join y'all, what time should they arrive and where should they go?
9: One o'clock at the United Methodist building, which is 100 Maryland Avenue Northeast, right next to the Supreme Court.
5: Um, And so again-
9: and they, can to, they can go to black women take action Dot org and they can see all of the organizations and also sign up to stay involved. And bro, this is not a one-off. We will continue to be there every week as long as the Congress is in. We will be on the House side next week uh, as well. And this is and the, and the idea is that we want to keep the street heat going. We can do continue to meet. Uh, we also plan to continue to to, to uh, engage the uh, senators. Uh, but also we think it was, it's also time to keep uh, pushing on activism. And so that's what we're gonna do.
5: Uh, and, and, that's, and that's what's needed. I mean, I, I, I've long said that what has to happen is uh, they've got to see uh, and feel that heat every single day. Uh, and it was supposed to be in their face so they can understand that, uh, that uh, the issue is not going to die. We're not going away. Thank you. Gotta happen. Melanie Kemmel, we appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye. All right, I want to go back to uh, Scott and Robert here. Uh, Robert, at th- th- that point, yo, heat has to be constant, uh, and you know, and, and, and this is this is one of those things that. And, and, and Robert, I'm just curious, have you seen the NAACP? I mean, I I I, I mean, I mean, normally when it comes to activism, you know, th- this is the role that they play. A- 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 do you see them putting boots on the ground? Well, I'm not, I'm not talking about
7: any other organization, but
5: what I will say is we no, have no, to no, put no, together. No, no, well, no, I'd ask you to talk about them. I asked a very simple question, and that is when I look at the activism that is going on, I see on-the-ground action from Poor People's Campaign. I'm seeing Black Voters Matter. I'm seeing the National Coalition on Black City Participation. I'm asking, have you seen the NAACP with boots on the ground?
7: Look, Roland, as I said, I don't, I don't look at what other organizations are doing, so I can't say one way or the other, but what I will say is that we have to put together the same coalition, the same or the same effort that we put into the 2012 election, that massive turnout, 8 million plus people, tur- or 8 million plus uh, margin of victory uh, back in November. We have to do the exact same thing to push this thing through the Senate. What those Texas legislators did this week have drawn more attention to the issue of voting rights than anything that Chuck Schumer has done in the last six months. So we need to see this across the board, across the country, because otherwise, if Republicans are able to win the uh, the PR battle on this, to turn this into, um, uh, what are the, uh, they're talking about now, well, the Democrats ran away on private jets to hang out in Washington. That's what they're trying mm-hmm. to turn this into. If you're not able to control that PR battle and get the American public on your side and help them to understand the urgency of now, you know, as the book says, the fierce urgency of now, then the, then that's the only way that we can get people like cinema and Manchin and even some leaning Republicans to uh, to come across the board to break the filibuster just on the issue of voting rights so that we can pass those things going forward. Uh yeah, but, but bro, Go bro, ahead,
8: go bro. ahead,
5: go ahead.
7: Here's, here's the deal.
8: What, what's really frustrating about all of this and what the complaints against Biden uh, really are is, listen, we don't have the votes. The protest and boots on the ground, that's really important. But who are you... But the pressure on these senators and pressure on these representatives, Where are you gonna turn? The Republicans aren't turning, they're lock and step behind their leaders, right? You're left with two Democrats that aren't gonna turn, but Biden needs to do something about those two in regard to the filibuster. So you can protest, you can walk out of the Senate, I applaud all of that. The public pressure is there. But who are you gonna turn? Because all of that, they're people who support the protest. They don't need to turn. They're on our side. And so you either got two Democrats or some Republicans, and the only thing that's going to happen who's going to turn any of those people, in ain't going to be public protest. It's going to be Joe Biden. That's it. And so it gets real frustrating for people like me and others because we say, I'm with you, right? But what is the path to victory? What has to happen to make this happen regarding a passing of voters right act or passing police reform? And we just don't have the numbers now. And you're left with saying, OK, we got to win another election to really make these things happen. The problem is with voter suppression widespread in all these states, we may lose in 2020. We're expected to lose seats in 2020. And so the urgency of now is on Biden. Because it's easier for Biden to turn those two or get some Republicans, as opposed to protests and public pressure on these communities to put pressure on senators, because those senators are locked in. They're not moving because of public protests. Only Biden can move them, and he's simply not doing enough. That's what this debate comes down to. That's what this issue is with Biden and the disappointment of the people who supported him and put him in the White House.
5: And of course, uh, the folks uh, wanna see corporations step up. More than 150 corporate uh, companies companies have urged Congress to enact the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act. Companies that are part of a group of corporate executives called uh, Business for Voting Rights came together to write a letter supporting updating the Voting Rights Act. Amongst Mm -hmm. those companies, FS companies, Airbnb, Amazon, Apple, Ben & Jerry's, Homemade, Best Buy, Etsy, Eventbrite, Facebook, Google, H&M, USA, The Hershey Company, Ikea, US, Levi Strauss & Company, Lyft, Macy's, Microsoft, Nestle USA, Nextdoor, PayPal, PepsiCo, Square, Starbucks, Target, and Zoom. The letter reads in part, Uh, Congress needs to amend the Voting Rights Act to restore necessary safeguards by updating the Voting Rights Act's coverage formula to prevent voting discrimination, as well as establish a more transparent and accountable system for states to report election law changes. Legislation amending the Voting Rights Act must help ensure that voters of color who remain the targets of voter suppression have equal and unfettered access to the democratic process. Hmm, okay. I got you on that one. But here's the deal, Robert. I think what's more powerful is if those companies added any member of Congress, Republican or Democrat, who does not vote for this, we will offer no financial support and will will support their opponent. That Uh, uh gets their attention.
7: I think you're exactly right. And we saw that with the voting rights fight here in Georgia uh, after the the state passed their voter suppression law. Um, many people, including Reverend Jesse Jackson, and Bishop Jackson from the AME Church, were supportive of a boycott of the state. We asked corporations <laughs> to defund and divest uh, from uh, from these candidates and people like Governor Kemp who were pushing voter suppression. We saw Major League Baseball move the All-Star Game, which was in Colorado this week instead of Atlanta. But the same people who were willing to put up all these signs about diversity, uh, who were able to run all these ad campaigns with people holding hands, saying how we're all one and we're together. They'll rename a lobby in their building after some civil rights icon. When it came down to the rubber hitting the road, were they willing to give up the tax breaks that came from Republican states in order to oppose voter suppression? Were they willing to give up the real estate uh, breaks to uh, to have their corporations headquartered in the South or give up the uh, employment law uh, benefits they have by being in the South in order to uh, fight back against voter suppression? No. They're willing to write a letter. They're willing to make a public statement, but when the rubber hits the road and it's time to actually do something to put your money where your mouth is, we've seen corporate silence and we have to start calling out these corporations who are more than willing to give lip service to the issue of voter suppression and racial issues, but when it comes down to money, well, money has no, uh, money is blind, it knows exactly where it's it's gonna go and what it's gonna do, and they have no interest in the social justice aspects which they are just simply advertising on because they know that makes them look good to the public and makes them sell more sugar water or sell more hammers, whatever it is they sell.
8: Well, Robert, Robert, until the, pressure is put on those companies, right? Until pressure is put on those companies vis-a-vis Our black dollars not going to those companies anymore until they take a stronger stand. That's gonna move them, because their voting rights are being suppressed. Majority of their leadership and executive team and boards uh, don't look like you and me and Roland. And so they'll, sure, they'll write the letter and they support it, right? But what are they willing to put on the line for it? See, the person who is the victim of voter suppression, black people, are the ones who have the most vested interests. And it feels like Biden is showing us that. Well, my vote not being suppressed, and I'm gonna use so much political capital here because I got other political interests, but until those companies start losing revenues, and until uh, black people um, are in a position of power where their rights are being violated, in these positions of businesses, leadership of businesses, or leadership uh, of, the, of the Senate and, and the House, then you're going to get the political support, right? But you're not going to be—get political uh, support that is dispositive of, of changing the vote, passing the legislation. And I fear the Republicans, at the state level and at the federal level, have just—regardless of the 40 million, million difference, right? They are all about power. They don't care about winning the argument. They care about winning the vote, the power. They're much better at it than Democrats are. But, and so but, again, but actually, but actually, if you're able to move but, but, but it, but it's Scott, not gonna
5: happen. But it's not just black folks. And that's the thing. It, it, look, these, what these laws are doing. Brown, that, no, 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 Follow me here. That's fine. No, 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 no. And this is the point where, where, what I've said for years to civil rights activists and these voting rights group groups, you've got to expand this they are also specifically, they are targeting white educated voters. They're targeting white Mm -hmm. students as well. And that's how this thing also has to be expanded to pull those folks in, Robert. That's absolutely. A, you're
7: absolutely correct. You're, you're absolutely correct on that, and part of it is uh, we've been in this fight for voters uh, against voter suppression since you know the 1960s. Uh, very few people in Appalachia, for example, understand that when they start mm-hmm. closing out voter precincts and making it more difficult for Black and Brown people to vote, your broke <laughs> white self gets included in that also. They're taking <laughs> away your voice and your vote also. You, you're going to have the same issues getting a hold of those absentee ballots, those absentee drop boxes are going to affect you the same way, cutting down on the hours that you can vote are going to affect you the same way. So we have to make that argument, that uh, that rainbow argument, that Cesar Chavez argument, that it, across yeah. the board this is, a, uh, this is a, a top of the economy versus the rest of us conversation, and get those people on board. Because you have folks running around here uh, living in trailers and in the backwoods of uh, 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 West Virginia and so on and so forth, having no idea what Joe Manson is doing to their right to vote by standing with many of these Republicans and not standing up against the filibuster. So we have to make the argument to them so that they can understand the reason that you were in a—the uh, uh, reason you still work in a coal mine, the reason people are still getting black lung, the reason that you don't have infrastructure in your communities is because your vote does not count the way that it should and the way to secure that is by ha- passing the John Lewis voting, uh, voting Rights Act and by passing these, uh, the For the People Act.
8: Well, yeah, but they're not enough of those people right now, right? I mean, that's great in concept, but there's not enough of those people. And then they're listening to the Republicans who are blaming black and brown people and Democrats for their poor plight in this country. And so poor people, don't just just because you have poverty of the pocket doesn't mean you have to have poverty of the mind. And so many of our poor people in this country have poverty of the mind because they're listening to Republicans Who don't have their best interests and will fool them every time. It is the second biggest lie of what the Republicans say to the poorest 10 states who get more benefits from federal government, and yet these white folks who are poor and disenfranchised continue to support them because of the second biggest lie that the Republicans have ever told in this country. And so, again, all of this is about the future, but our future is now, with this voting rights piece because 2043 is right around the corner, and the Republicans are fighting for that. This is their last stand, and I gotta tell you, we're not there in beating them yet, because we don't have the votes, and at the state level, they continue to make it difficult for us to exercise our rights to vote, because that's the only way they can win. You wouldn't have voter suppression if they could win without it. They know they can't win without it, and they're gonna fight to the death to suppress this vote, because that's the only way they hold on to state power, federal power, political power, economic power, and hold on to some control in this country. That's the problem. What's the solution?
5: And that's why we gotta keep uh, giving them hell. All right, folks, let's talk about this next story. Student Democrats agreed on a $3.5 trillion budget plan that would expand Medicare, fund climate change initiatives, and universal pre-kindergarten, extend child tax credits, and fulfill other parts of President Joe Biden's economic agenda. Majority Leader Chuck Schumer explains the party's stance on the budget reconciliation package.
10: Uh, The budget committee has come to an agreement. The budget resolution with instructions will be $3.5 trillion. You add that to the $600 billion in the bipartisan plan, you get to 4-1 which is very, very close to what President Biden asked us for. Every major program that President Biden has asked us for is funded in a robust way. And in addition, we are making some additions to that. Uh, Most important, something that Senator Sanders has led and convinced America is so important, which is a robust expansion of Medicare, including Fully funding, not fully funding, including money for dental, vision, and hearing. Um, Joe Biden is coming to our lunch tomorrow to lead us on to getting this wonderful plan that affects American families in a so profound way more than anything that's happened in generations. We are very proud of this plan. We know we have a long road to go, but we're gonna get this done for the sake of making average Americans' lives a whole lot.
5: Now, of course, we know no Republicans are gonna vote for this, which means that Democrats hope to pass this through reconciliation, which would allow them to pass the spending with a simple majority in the evenly divided mm-hmm. Senate, avoiding a filibuster. You still got, got, the, got the issue. Are all 50 Democrats are going to support this $3.5 trillion spending plan? Scott? Um, right now, he doesn't have the votes on the
8: Democratic side. He doesn't have the votes until he talks to Manchin and the Arizona, and the Arizona senator to see what they like, what they don't like, and what, how he's going to negotiate with them, whether it's going to be $3 trillion or $3.5 trillion. If they're on board, then this going to sail through. If they're not, because they want certain other issues, or they want more money for their home states, he's going to have to negotiate that. But you won't have the filibuster piece. This is easier because the filibuster. This is the budget reconciliation, so you're not going to have to. You're not going to have to kind of fit it in to to avoid the filibuster. What you're going to have to do is make sure those two senators who've forgotten they're Democrats half the time or three fourths of the time. If it's if they're for it then this sails
5: through both houses. Go right ahead, Robert.
7: We're about to see the most legalized form of bribery that's allowable in the American (laughs) system because these two senators are about to grab the Senate by the ankles and shake every nickel (laughs) out for their home states. Because right now, when you're in that type of power position, you know, there yeah. ain't nobody playing three-card Monty on the corner could ever shake somebody down for the types of billions of dollars that are going to flow into pet projects, into pork-barrel spending, uh, into uh, 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 sweetheart contracts with their friends and donors, as what happens in a place like this where only one or two senators can hold up a 4 or $5 trillion bill. So they about oh, they about to run them coins. They about to get their bag. They about to so- get everything out of this that they can, and it's really a discussion part of the American system. So, Rowan, why not
8: leverage this $3.5 trillion budget that they've just proposed uh, and leverage that beyond the numbers or the monies for these—to to this Arizona and West Virginia, leverage it to get their support for the uh, voting rights bill and the, and the police reform bill? Because money is your strongest leverage. So if you're going to give them a bunch of money to get their vote on the budget, Throw in police reform and the Voting Rights Act, and see if and see if that works. Well, that's a question to you, yes or no? I don't know. That's what I. That's what I would deeply try to do. That that would be my leverage point.
5: That's yours. Okay, all right, we'll see. All right, y'all. Republicans are criticizing the Democrats' $579 billion bipartisan infrastructure agreement. Eleven Republicans senators signed the agreement, making enough signatures the plan to clear the 60-vote threshold if every Democrat senator votes in favor of it. But many Republican senators are saying they may withdraw their vote of support. Republicans are taking more interest in the 3.5 trillion dollar infrastructure bill. And they actually, they're mad by saying that, well, if Democrats pass that through reconciliation, then they're not gonna support the infrastructure bill. Know what the hell, pass both of them by reconciliation. All right, folks, I told y'all Cash App uh, with these four fraudulent uh, folks out there stealing money from our fan base uh, by by, by, uh, impersonating uh, our accounts. Well, Cash App hit me about an hour and a half ago. Those four accounts have been completely shut down and they've been banned. And so uh, you can still support us uh, by supporting us, uh, Cash App, PayPal, Venmo, uh, and Zelle. Remember, what we do is all, your, your support is critical for us to do what we do. And just like the other day, so everybody who gives during the, uh, during the show, between the six o'clock hour and seven o'clock hour, I will give personal shout outs right here on the show. Um, so if you want to support us via Cash App, this is the one to give to dollar sign RM unfiltered. Dollar sign RM unfiltered. PayPal.me forward slash R Martin unfiltered. Venmo. Uh, is rm unfiltered or just go to venmo.com forward slash rm unfiltered zell is rolling at roland com. roland at roland martin com. and so again everybody who gives to us uh, normally i give personal shout outs people who give 50 bucks or more so today what i'm going to do is everybody who gives during the show will get a shout out during the show okay uh, and so uh, let's do that. They were great the other day. Uh, and you know what, I'm gonna set a goal. I'm gonna get a set a goal. I'm gonna do this here. Uh, I wanna see if we could hit uh, $2,500 giving during the show. Let's see if we can hit uh, that goal. I'll keep a running tally, let y'all know how we are doing uh, to actually do that. Coming up next, we'll talk to uh, a journalist about the truth behind this whole critical race theory, who's funding it, where it's coming from and also how the media, mainstream media, is helping push the GOP talking points on this idiotic stuff. That is next on Roland Martin Unfiltered.
9: I believe that people our age have lost the ability to focus the the discipline on the art of organizing.
5: The challenges,
6: there's so many of them and they're complex, and we need to be moving to address them. But I'm able to say, watch out. I know this joke.
9: That is so freaking dope.
0: <laughs>
2: George Floyd's death hopefully put another nail in the call for the racism. You talk about awakening
5: America. It led to a historic summer of, of protest. I hope our
2: Younger generation, don't ever forget that nonviolence is soul force. Right?
1: Hello, I'm Nina Turner. My grandmother used to say, all you need in life are three bones. The wishbone to keep you dreaming, the jawbone to help you speak truth to power, and the backbone to keep you standing through it all. I'm running for Congress because you deserve a leader who will stand up fearlessly on your behalf. Together, we will deliver Medicare for all, good jobs that pay a living wage, and bold justice reform. I'm Nina Turner, and I approve this message. I'm Bill Duke. This is Diallo
10: Riddle, and you're watching Roland Martin, Unfiltered. Stay woke.
5: All right, right, folks, Uh, we've been talking about critical race theory. Actually, Republicans have been doing, and mainstream media fell for the banana in the tailpipe. And the reality is this here. You have rich, white, conservative Republicans who are funding all of this. That's what they're doing. And then, of course, you had these idiots uh, running around, uh, all of a sudden showing up at school board meetings, and then you have Fox News say, oh, this is a major, major issue. No, it's a major issue that Fox News actually created. And in fact, the folks at Media Matters have put out a new chart, okay, a new chart showing uh, how major this is, showing uh, how Fox News and the right, how they have blown this issue up to, to turn it, and so this is what they do. This right here is the chart uh, that they put out, folks, okay? And it shows you there were three mentions, three mentions in June 2020 of critical race theory. And you see it went from three, six, three, all of a sudden in September of 2020, it jumped to 69. Now all of a sudden, election season, it fell back six, four. All of a sudden, then it jumped. Then, all of a sudden, 23, 21, 29, 107, 226, 537, 901. Hmm. Hmm. Do y'all see what's happening here? This is what happens when the right they begin to drive these messi- messaging. Well, Uh, Judd Legum uh, has actually been doing a lot uh, of research, uh, and he's been uh, breaking down exactly, exactly where the funding is coming from, where it started. Now, before I go to Judd, he's, of course, he's with the Popular Information Newsletter. Uh, We had this idiotic brother, and he was one of the fools who were running his mouth out there, uh, critical race theory. And, you know, Fox, Fox News loves a black person who speaks against race. Listen to this dumbass on Fox News.
9: Yeah, because they're, they're very invested in this whole idea that the nation was founded on the idea of systemic racism, that it's built into every single institution in America, even in the military. Um, folks are worried that this is something that they need to address within the military. And we just did a story about how the Navy is underprepared right now, but they're spending a heck of a lot of time on this. What do you think about that?
1: It's absolutely absurd because nobody really wants to get the real history of it. America was not founded on racism. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, there was slavery going on, but slavery itself was not initially a racist thing. It never was about race initially. So to sit there and take it like America was founded on racism is a complete lie. Yeah, there was slavery going on, but slavery was going on in all the world. It never was a race thing. So why are we making it a
5: race thing now?
9: Ty Smith, thank you for being here. Good to have you with us today.
5: Thank you. Martha McCallum, are you that stupid? Are you that stupid where you could, that as a white woman, you couldn't even correct that brother who was that dumb? But, again, y'all, understand the game, what they're doing. Joining us right now is Judge Legum. Uh, Judge, how you doing? Good, how are you, Roland? All right, so so you've done a lot of research laying this thing out. You've had this fool Christopher Rufo with the Manhattan Institute That's the same place where you had that other idiot, Heather McDonald, Uh, anytime Fox News needs someone uh, to say that white cops aren't killing black people in huge numbers, they run a Heather McDonald as she somehow is the so-called political, uh, the police expert. Uh, Lay out what your research research has discovered as to really who is funding all of this critical race theory drama.
4: Yeah, so what I observed is just a whole host of different kinds of organizations, campus organizations, activist organizations, think tanks, and they all were pushing mostly misinformation about critical race theory and injecting it, as that chart you showed before I came on, um, indicated just injecting it straight into the political conversation, making it virtually the number one topic that you hear about if you're watching Fox or on many different news outlets. So looked at all of those organizations and then tried to find out everything I could about who was funding them. Now, some of their donors are secret, but if you get a donation from a private foundation, they have to file with the IRS and say who they're giving for. So I looked at all the private foundations that were funding these organizations and one just kept coming up again and again and again and also with large donations. And that was an organization called the Thomas W. Smith Foundation. Over $4 million from the Manhattan Institute that you talked about, but also all of these different organizations that are pushing critical race theory into the center of our discussion from the Heritage Foundation to right-wing media outlets like the Federalist and the Daily Caller uh, to some places that are less well-known, but have played a big role in kind of pushing this like the Claremont Institute, the heterodox um, organization, the Prager U, which is big on YouTube. So all of these have been getting funding from the same source, and they've all been saying virtually the same thing about critical race theory.
5: And you mentioned PragerU. They were, uh, the New York Times, We did a big feature on them, I think it was a year ago, show that it. it was, you know, they've been funded by right-wing billionaires. They got the initial $7 million from two conservative billionaires out of Texas. That's the game that is played. That's how, how they do this. How these rich conservative, these white billionaires fund these uh, uh, conservative digital operations, Fund these nonprofits, and then they get tax breaks. PragerU is a nonprofit. The Daily Caller mm-hmm. nonprofit, and so the Manhattan Institute, again, they create these fellows. So essentially, uh, create these salary positions, and then that's how Fox News puts them on the air. OAN, Newsmax, all these entities—that's how they do this.
4: Yeah, and Thomas W. Smith, who, who who's a hedge fund guy from Florida, is on the board of the Manhattan Institute. And the person that he pays to distribute this money, a guy named James Pearsons, is also a fellow at the Manhattan Institute. And he's written a lot about race and his views of it. And really what it reveals is that what's coming up and and the reason why they're pushing critical race theory, it's not about what critical race theory is, which is something that is taught mostly in law school about how systemic racism is embedded in the laws and in court decisions, but it's a person who really opposes all efforts to uh, reduce racial or economic inequality, even if it's done by a private foundation, doesn't want um, black studies or women's studies to be taught uh, in school, uh, opposes all diversity efforts. So that's really the, the viewpoint of the people that are pushing this, and critical race theory is just a new vehicle for a lot of these old ideas. And that's, that's a lot, I think that's what my research um, helped show.
5: And uh, uh, Eric Bowler uh, wrote a particular piece uh, about this where, where he talked about uh, how mainstream media uh, is failing at this. He is founder editor of Press Run Media. Uh, and, 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 and he was clear in terms of and, and what happens. And, and I've walked our people through this, uh, Judd, so they can understand the game. They can understand how the game is played. Steve Bannon actually said it a couple of years, a few years ago. They conceive and they concoct these things in this, in, in their conservative circles. They then say, They then weaponize it by saying, we need all conservative media pushing this thing out. Then they go, mainstream media, why aren't you covering this? This is a big issue. Then they flood the people uh, over to, uh, oh oh my goodness, look at these school boards. Look how many people are showing up. This is major news. And I talked about it yesterday, uh, how Joe Concha, who supposedly... Uh, a media uh, reporter who, who's now all of a sudden a political columnist with the heel, who's also a Fox News contributor. He goes on with Harris Faulkner and goes, Critical Race Theory is going to be a huge story and a huge issue in the 2022 and 2024 election and makes no mention that his employer is the reason why it's all of a sudden a, quote, huge story.
4: Yeah, I think that's right. And Steve Bannon himself has talked about how, you know, he sees a lot of political benefit in talking about uh, critical race theory. And I think, you know, if you think back to that chart, I don't think it's a uh, coincidence that this really started in the summer of 2020 when you saw um, more movement, more talk about racial equality, economic equality after the murder of George Floyd. And as that started to pick up steam, this is, this is really the response to try to make this so toxic that people just, if they're not talking about it, want to run away from it. And I think that's, that's the issue about establishing critical race theory as a brand, is sort of the take all efforts to talk about racial inequality and brand them as <clears throat> Radical and and subversive,
5: and in fact, uh, in in this pretty stupid headline with the New York Times, uh, and, th- and this is how how dumb. This is what Eric Bowler was talking about. This is this is an opinion piece that dropped yesterday in the New York Times. Why is the country panicking about critical race theory, Jeff, The country is not panicking about critical race theory. They're not. You have uh, a few of these conservative yahoos are. And in fact, Charlie Sykes, this is what he said in the piece here. He said, quote, people were looking around for some way to play this card of racial grievance. OK, this is what he told Sarah Jones at New York magazine. They were looking for another cause in the cultural war. And this happened to be it. And he happened to be on it. And, and he's speaking about Christopher Rufo.
4: Yeah, and I think one of the things is we're only really understanding the, the tip of the iceberg as far as what's behind this, because the nature of these financial disclosures, I'm able to look at the money that was donated between 2017 and 2019. Many of these groups, there's a bunch of new groups that were just formed this year, and those are the people who are, you know, contesting school boards' elections, rallying parents to show up and, and shout at, at school board meetings. Uh, They were created just this year, and we don't know who's behind them. My guess is it's probably a lot of the people that are behind the groups that we do know about and have some information about. But it's really been a huge effort not only to inject it into the media, but also to turn out people and really terrorize a lot of these um, school boards uh, to, to make this a salient political issue.
5: Uh, and in fact, there have been superintendents and board members who've actually had to get security because of death threats. Judd Legum, great job with that research. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Uh, Robert, Scott, see, this is the thing that that we have to... Learn to explain to others, and what happens is, Scott, uh, you know, these mainstream networks be real quick. You know that they, they, on stories like this, all of a sudden they can find all the black people to talk about it. And see, and, and see, we have to, we have to again, game has to recognize game, and be willing to go on and say, no, we're not going to talk about this because it's actually it's dumb. We got to call it what it is. See, they want us trying to delve into it and break these things down because it feeds their purpose as opposed to calling it what it is. And what they wanna do is they wanna label anything dealing with race or diversity under critical under critical race theory and go, it's all bad, throw it all out. Well, it, it, <laughs> it fits into their big lie
8: narrative too. I mean, you're denying the slavery occurred, you're denying systemic racism, you're denying that the laws in the country's founding was based on a constitution that said slaves uh, were three-fifths of a human being and had no rights. Are you kidding me? I'm a human being and my descendants uh, were slaves. The the, the problem, the, the other challenge I thought you were gonna raise is, uh, do you ignore it or do you address it head on and oppose it at every level? No, 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 no no, 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 no,
5: Follow me here, follow me. Here's what I say. Okay. No, no, I, I'm not saying ignore it. What I'm saying, mm-hmm. Call it out what it is. See, here's what they want. What they want is, and mainstream media is so dumb, they give it to them every single time. Mm -hmm. They actually want you to go book Kimberly Crenshaw to have a common sense discussion on exactly what critical race theory is. They, see, they, because they win when you actually are taking their criticism seriously. What they hate is being dismissed. They hate it when you mock them. And Mm. that's what I would do. I mean, I would mock them. I would go, oh, really? I'm sorry. Oh, your feelings are hurt. Really? So this is a major, oh, so this is a major deal. No, it's not. That's a lie. No, it's not. And That's why the New York Times headline is stupid, Okay, The New York Times is feeding into the right wing narrative. They love seeing this headline. They are yeah. sitting here going, "We won," because this is the headline. Why is the country panicking about critical race theory? The country isn't. That's right. They, we, 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 we'll look, we'll we, hold us, on, Robert. Hold on, Robert. Scott, go ahead. I'm gonna go back. Then I'm gonna no, go to Robert.
8: We, we, we certainly are, because it's stupid to deny that slavery occurred, or Jim Crow occurred, or that millions of black people were enslaved, or thousands, multiple thousands were. Or that we were, we were abused and had less citizen rights and housing and voting rights and what have you. It's stupid to ignore the civil rights movement. But then why don't we—so why are we so afraid to teach that? to our children in public schools and private schools it's the truth basically so it's not a big deal you're just fighting the truth or fighting windmills to have this social or cultural debate to offset black lives matter Uh, but hold up but see police
5: are killing us but scott this is what you just did you Mm -hmm. just walked into their trap
8: well saying that it was a lie
5: no, was a, no, it was no, so no, no. It no hold on, hold on, Robert, hold on, Robert. <laughs> you, okay. no, right, you, yeah. you walked into their trap when you took the critical race theory and then talked about what we should be teaching our kids in school. Follow me here. But we
8: suddenly have to teach them the truth.
5: No, no, right? no, 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 okay. no, no. But critical race theory is such, it's being taught, first of all, it ain't being taught everywhere. Right. It In un- law it, it, right, 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 right. There you go. So right. not not undergrad, not high school, right. not junior high. So what happens is the moment again. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just. This is how, this is how they think. No, and this, enough, is, this is This is why I'm know. saying when we debate, what we can't right. do is even bring up elementary school, middle school, and high school, Robert, because that's yeah. what they're waiting for. Because there, yeah. they want to equate. Anything dealing with race as under critical race theory.
7: Well, you know, you're absolutely right, Roland. I was on Fox a couple of weeks ago, and they we were debating this issue, and I said it's the weaponization of the Dunning-Kruger effect. And then I realized later on, ain't nobody watching what the hell that is. Uh, the Dunning-Kruger effect is this idea in psychology that the less somebody knows about a topic, the more confident they are in their assertions about it. So these <laughs> people aren't looking for truth. They aren't looking for fact. They aren't looking for reality. So if you start breaking down uh, race conflict theory from W. B. Du Bois and then transition into Derek Bell, they don't care anything about about that, these are the monster truck uh, uh, rally going, red hat wearing people, and all they're looking to do is distract from the fact that they have not put forth the education policy in the last 20 years. Besides private schools and defund public education, that is what they don't want to talk about. Then, so any minute that we spend talking about their issues and addressing them as if they're serious, uh, uh, you're having a serious conversation is a complete waste of time. You just have to transition it into a conversation on what they aren't doing and why they are scared to have these. Conversations and the fact that it hurts red state America, it hurts those same people in Appalachia just as much as it hurts black folk to not have a real conversation on public education, then all they're doing is try to to distract away from coronavirus, distract away from impeachment, distract away from January the 6th. And they uh, sorry, and they create a new boogeyman every couple months in order to do so. Yeah. Remember, before this, it was Common Core was going to destroy education. Then before that, it was Michelle Obama was going to put lettuce in your kid's lunchbox, and that was going to destroy education. Before that, it was prayer in school or corporal punishment, evolution, versus creationism. It's always another conspiracy. If you try to logic your way out of it, you're going to lose every time.
8: But why does America or conservatives and Republican, the voting public, why are they so gullible and
5: so willing to believe that, though? Because they I understand don't. the leadership sharing that. But that's, that's just bullshit. Now, no, Scott, Scott, because <laughs> and this is the thing that we have to understand: Democrats just just comparing the two. Democrats more logical thinkers hear it. Let me check it out. Republicans, you tell me, what, what, what Robert? This is, this, this is them. Well, Sean said it gotta be true. They ain't checking nothing. They ain't listening to nothing. They ain't studying nothing. That's why more, you call it low information voters. Yeah. When they say yeah. low education voters, Those are largely Republican voters. So, and Republicans know it. Republican, when you had these broke ass people with no teeth in Kentucky, who in 2016, elected a Tea Party governor, voted for Donald Trump, and literally the week after the election were going, you know, I, I, I'm really concerned about us uh, and our losing our losing our uh, health care, and they were like, you know, damn that Obamacare, but I don't want anything to happen to my Affordable Care Act. <laughs> right there, that's the that is the core dumbass voter on the right. That's right there. Right there.
7: it well, well, on, on that point, their their go to. Uh, you, uh, I, you know, I, I debate a lot of people and uh, some very intelligent uh, conservatives. People like Bruce Avel great to debate against, or some other people. But then there's some complete. I mean, let the uh, open the gates at the zoo. Idiots that you have to debate, and you, and they go to the same talking points. Whenever they start talking about Marxism, socialism, communism, that means they don't know what the hell is going on. The rest of the conversation, and they're. just Trying to filibuster to the commercial break. And that I, and as soon as somebody starts saying, someone said cultural Marxism, and I asked them what was Marx's first name, and they got quiet because they hear little slogans here and there on the internet or they'll hear see a headline mm-hmm. and they'll put no more thought into it. And so when you're trying to have a logical argument with somebody who has put no thought into a subject, you might well be talking to a horse. There's absolutely no difference. You're going to make the exact same amount of leeway.
5: And again, folks, that, that, that's exactly that's exactly what they do. This is the game. That, uh, I just need people to understand the game. You gotta understand the game. And so, yeah, and and and, and yeah, Fox News—they'll call you, Robert. They ain't gonna call me because be they on
7: the night at twelve forty
5: because because they know how that's gonna go down. They ain't gonna call me. They they they'll call you and Scott, but they lie. You like,
8: gonna be on at
7: twelve forty a.m. Yeah, you know uh, what's called Shannon shows late night now, so hop on.
5: Hell, oh, she ain't. She, <laughs> I'm not gonna up she, she, be up at twelve forty. I'll be at twelve forty, but but know. she ain't gonna call me either. Cause I'm telling, like I watched uh, the, the, the other day, Peter Hexeth. I saw it on Mediaite. He was debating man, this man. Uh, uh, Te- House Democrat, uh, and he was he was being arrogant, condescending, and wrong. Then he had the nerve to call the House the Texas Democrat condescending. And then I'm like, no, a fool, that's you. But see, they love, and they they love to try to change the subject. But again, game, recognized game. Y'all just got to realize what these fools are doing. And so that's what they're doing with Critical Race Theory. All right, folks. uh, So here's the deal. A lot of you, I need y'all to double check. If you, if you, uh, those of you who gave via Cash App, if you gave to any of those banned accounts, I need you to send me an email with a screenshot uh, the date you gave and how much you gave. Uh, some people have reached out to Cash App. Cash App is saying that uh, they're not going to uh, make any refunds. Uh, I'm trying to actually get them to do that. Uh, and so what I need y'all to do is actually send me, uh, I need a screenshot uh, of that. If y'all could, um, uh, so so here are the, um, we po- th- these are the fake Cash Apps, okay? Uh, one was dollar sign, R-M-U-N-F, dollar sign, R-M-U-N-F-I, dollar sign, R-M-U-N-F-I-L, dollar sign, R-M-U-N-F-I-L-T-E-R-E. Uh, y'all need to, all these counts have now been banned. If you gave to any one of these four, do us, take a screenshot and send me an email to R-S-M, excuse me, send it to Roland at RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. Send it to Roland at RolandMartinUnfiltered.com, uh, and I'm going to try to see if they could, uh, uh, and do a refund on that. So I'm working on that. Uh, also, I said that uh, I was. I'm going to go to a break right now. But I said I was going to shout out uh, the people who have given to us uh, during the show. Our goal is to do 2,500 bucks uh, while we are live on the show. Let me see. Let me go back to my email so I can pull y'all up because uh, y'all been sending stuff. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I want to shout out uh, Eaton Hart. Uh, for contributing, thank you so very much I want to shout out Jerry Williams uh, thank you so very much, Gary Butler uh, appreciate it, thanks a bunch uh, let's see here Rachel Harrison Joyce Johnson Sanders Dobbins Let's see here. James Yates, Katrina Washington, Jared Wilder, Corey Brown, uh, Ben, Emmett Tross, Christopher Lavanya, Joe Clark, Empress Sally, uh, Sarita Highland, Enrique Goodwin, Cito Moise, Yetiva Prather, Corey Jackson, Janae, Rhonda Smith, uh, Jaquan Penn, Autumn Arnold, Daryl Pettis, Michael Shields. Let's see here. Um, give me one second. Uh, I gotta scroll down because between all this old junk mail, they send as well. Uh, let's see here, uh, Roger Uh Petaway, I-, I appreciate it as well. All right, uh, and so, oh, uh, uh, Phyllis Bell, you just sent in Cordell McMillan. You just sent in as well. And so, everybody who gives during the show via Cash App, Zell, PayPal, or Venmo, I will firstly shout you out on the show. Cash App, Dallasine, RM Unfiltered. Uh, Venmo, RM Unfiltered. PayPal, R Martin Unfiltered. Zell is rolling at rollingsmartin.com. Rolling at rollingmartinunfiltered.com. I uh, certainly appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Folks, got to go to the break. We'll be back. Rolling Martin Unfiltered.
2: White the ain't just about. Hurting black folk.
7: Right. You gotta deal with it. It's injustice. It's
3: wrong.
6: I do feel like in this generation, we've got to do more around being intentional and resolving conflict. You and I
2: always agree. Yeah. But we agree on the big piece.
6: Yeah.
3: Now, conflict is not about destruction,
6: conflict's gonna happen.
8: Before
1: Till's murder, we saw struggle for civil rights as something grown-ups did.
10: I feel that the generations before us have offered a a lot of instruction.
1: Organizing is really one of the only things that gives me the sanity and makes me feel purposeful. Um, Um, If Henry can come in, but let's not bank on that. So We'll have
5: both just in case, but we'll um, we'll definitely uh, have one of them.
1: racial injustice is a scourge on this nation and the black community has felt it for generations we have an obligation to do something about it whether it's canceling student debt, increasing the minimum wage or investing in black-owned businesses the black community deserves so much better i'm nina turner and i'm running for congress to do something about it
5: Hey, I'm Amber Stevens West. Yo, what up,
3: y'all? This is Jayless, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered.
5: All right, folks, in North Carolina, attorneys for the family of Andrew Brown Jr. have filed a $30 million federal lawsuit against the officers who shot and killed him. The sheriff of Pasquotank and Dare County are among the defendants listed, claiming sheriff's deputies intentionally and recklessly killed Brown during a 44 a second interaction on April 21st. Since the D.A. Andrew Wombo declined to file criminal charges against the deputies in the case, Brown supporters believe the civil case is the only avenue remaining to get justice for the killing of Brown. In the news conference today, attorney Harry Daniels explains why filing this lawsuit was a no-brainer.
2: This lawsuit was easy to draft because the facts in this case is very easy that anybody can see. This is unlawful killing a murder of Andrew Brown. The district attorney stood before you guys in sometime in Maine and talked about that he utilized the law to make his decision. Mm-hmm. Well, he somehow missed the law of North Carolina. Talk
3: about it, That's right.
2: He somehow missed the law in the Fourth Circuit yeah. that covers the state of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. That is abundantly clear and have been established in 2000- 2005 that you cannot shoot a person who is driving away from you. That's right.
3: That's right.
2: In fact, if you look at a case law that has been cited inside our brief, that case, the Strickland case, that individual admitted, he admitted that he tried to hit the officers. But once he left fleeing away, they had no authority to shoot him. That's exactly what happened to Andrew Brown. That's exactly what happened. We're bought claims on the United States Constitution, the Fourth Amendment, the unlawful seizure of his person, of his body intentional wrong for death and i mean intentional wrong for death because those officers intended to fire those weapon and do harm to andrew brown negligence we also brought claims under assault and battery but one claim that we brought under federal law is that the customs the policies of pasquatae county sheriff's office That's right. the customs and the policies of derrick county sheriff's office enabled these officers to go to andrew brown house on April 21st, 2020, my, my. to execute it. No checks and balances. So we're not just here to file a lawsuit on the behalf of the Brown family. We file a lawsuit for anybody who have suffered injustice on behalf of this sheriff's office, That's this right. administration, their county, at all. Yeah. The lawsuit is seeking $30 million. Somebody asked me, why so much? Well, why is Andrew Brown dead today? Answer that question with that question.
5: Two deputies involved in the shooting have returned to work for the Pasquotank County Sheriff's Office. One other deputy involved resigned from the force. Scott, uh, your thoughts about this federal lawsuit?
8: Well, It's expected. You know, we often talk about criminal justice versus civil justice. Neither one will bring the victim back, but civil justice is a lot more accessible for the victims and their families and their lawyers simply because they get discovery, they get depositions. Uh, they get uh, questions, uh, interrogatories, and documents to lay out not only custom and practice of the police department, but what actually really happened. Uh, I actually think this is going to be a tough case, because while there was a vehicle involved, the factual dispute as to whether that car touched these officers or not, or whether the, the driver's intent, who was the deceased, and who is the, 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 essentially the plaintiff, or as the state is the plaintiff, whether he intended to get away from the police or he intended to harm them. That blocked the criminal justice, um, them from being charged. But the civil justice piece uh, will certainly be in play. They've got to prove custom and usage. But the other thing is the standard to proof is much lower. It's not beyond a reasonable doubt. It's by preponderance of the evidence. And so whoever puts the most evidence in, the most credible evidence, the jury uh, will most likely uh, believe them. Got to get past the motion for summary judgment, though. And judges in the Fourth Circuit, judges in the federal district court in the Fourth Circuit, um, it's a toss-up.
5: Robert?
7: Well, I, I piggyback on what Scott says. This is a, a, a course not going to bring back the decedent, uh, but it is the best that our system can do. And then often, uh, sometimes evidence will come to light during the discovery process in a civil case, which can be brought to prosecutors, which can result later in uh, the charging or if the information was not presented in the, the first place. That information can later re- uh, result in charges sometimes, depending on what is seen during the course of the discovery process. Of course, they should not give up on the criminal proceedings, There's always, a the Justice Department review of the local decisions, the state attorney general, as we saw in the Ahmaud Arbery case, can step into file charges. So I w- would not set these things aside. One thing I think the public needs to understand is just mm-hmm. because the family accepts a settlement, does not be, uh, does not mean that they've been quote unquote paid off and that the case is over. I've heard that so many times. That's not what happens. The family still needs to be made whole. This individual's life had to matter, had to have value, and because of that, you have the civil process. More than likely, this case will end up settling um, before going to tr- um, before going to trial. But don't think that the family simply takes the money and runs because the um, because there's a settlement in the case. They still grieve. They still lost a loved one, and this is just the least that the system can do. In to try to make them hold for their loss.
5: All right, folks, in Florida, the former Jackson County Sheriff's deputy convicted of planting drugs inside cars during traffic stops is going to prison. Judge James Goodwin sentenced Zachary Wester to 12 years, six months and eight days uh, to the Florida Department of Corrections. 28-year-old former deputy was arrested in 2019 after investigators discovered drug paraphernalia in his car, matching items he planted on drivers. He faces he faced 67 charges, including racketeering, officer official misconduct, fabricating evidence, and false imprisonment, and was found guilty of 19 of those charges. Hmm, ain't that something, Robert? Yeah, you know, it's about time, and I, I, I
7: think people have to understand how pervasive this is in law enforcement. Uh, me and Harry Daniels, who was on the, um, uh, the last case, me and him worked on a case out in uh, Carroll County, Georgia, where they uh, mistook a, uh, I believe it was a, a broken tooth, and they claimed it was crack cocaine. Uh, so, th- things like that happen in law enforcement all the time. So, we have to stop rushing to judgment often on cases. We have to pr- provide an independent method by which individuals can challenge uh, the discovery uh, uh, process which takes place in their case and also. Uh, challenge police procedures. Look at chain of custody. Look at what exactly happens uh, between the time someone is arrested and when that evidence is presented at trial. And often, with, particularly when individuals cannot pro- afford private counsel, those inquiries are not uh, are not made. So I'm glad this happened in this case, but I think it uh, gives us more reason to look into policing nationwide and understand that when we talk about police reform, we're not just talking about not getting shot or beat by the police. We're talking about reforming the way that policing is done in this country, Reform the Incentive process reforming the training process for law enforcement so we can have actual just results, not simply uh, uh, results by fiat or by an individual officer. And we always say it's one bad, uh, one bad apple, but the saying isn't one bad apple and everything's fine, it's one bad apple rots the bunch. So we have to get the bad apples out.
5: Uh, that's one reason. Yeah,
8: wait a minute now. Wait a minute. Hold on. What, who are we hiring? For these jobs, you're right, Robert. But who are we hiring? We hired somebody, or the police department there hired somebody, Roland, who actually engaged in systematic corruption and was so committed to the proposition that he carried the the, the planted drugs and paraphernalia in his police car in anticipation of planting uh, these items in in regard to cars that that were stopped. Here again, who are we hiring? there's got to be a reform of the hiring process. But more importantly, he might be one of the dumbest criminals because he kept the things that he was going to plant in his police car versus in a separate car or in his home. So he, every day that he went to work, he kept them in his car because he was committed to planting those drugs and that paraphernalia on on, on public citizens who may have run a red light or may be illegally parked. That's
5: unbelievable. Well, it's not unbelievable because we've seen other stories like that as well.
7: It's just, it's just un- still unbelievable, just crazy. Well, well and, and
5: go, ahead, go, go, ahead, go ahead, Robert.
7: Well, I was gonna say, just like Dave Chappelle said 20 years ago, just sprinkle some crack on them. And that's just what they do. is right. just have it in the right. car, you just wait just in case, sprinkle some crack on them.
8: Well, here's the thing. The three of us believe this occurred, right? The people who don't look like us, who see the police as there to protect and serve officer friendly, You can't convince them that this is pervasive in the police department. They will say one bad apple, but one bad apple means you got a whole bad uh, orchard. But they they won't believe it. They just think it's a one-off, as opposed to people like the three of us who have seen the stories, but lived it, many of us have lived it too, and seen that type of corruption.
5: And this is why we do these stories. All right, let's go to California, where eight women, including one African-American, four men, and three alternates, will listen to testimony and determine the fate of Ed Buck. He is the Democratic Party donor accused of luring and giving fatal doses of narcotics to two black men who died in his West Hollywood apartment in 2017 and 2019. Today, both sides delivered opening arguments. Buck's attorney, Christopher Darton, told the jury his client was an advocate for civil rights for African-Americans and the men who frequented Buck's apartment were there on their own will. However, according to political strategist Jasmine Koenig, she's been following this case uh, since it began. Testimony from another victim depicts the wealthy white man as a predator who didn't want another dead nigger on his couch. Several more men will testify about Buck's willingness to pump drugs into others. Regardless of consequences, uh, th- this has been one of those stories that Jasmine Canning brought to us. We were one of the first national outlets to actually give her an opportunity to come on and talk about this story uh, when on our TV one show uh, when I was on Tom Joner as well uh, and there were a lot of uh, of, 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 of white gay folks in l a who did not want to say anything about Ed Buck when Jamel Moore was killed. And then when Timothy was killed, the second guy, then it was kind of like, oh yeah, now we got a problem. Uh, and so uh, it's gonna be very interesting to see uh, what, what happens in this case, uh, Scott.
8: Yeah, uh, gonna be a tough case to prove, although I don't believe in the defense, meaning they were there on their own, because just because they were there on their own didn't mean that uh, Ed Buck didn't purposefully uh, put drugs in their veins or put them in a situation where they had no choice. But remember, the, some of the claims and charges are that he berated these black people, he lured them there, he killed them, and then he called the police, at least for uh, the first and the second uh, black men that, that at least died there. This was a pattern in practice. And in this case, you gotta watch and see, will the government be able to put on other homeless men, black men, who were lured there, who didn't die, to show a pattern of practice that he lured them there with drugs and, and sex and so forth and so on, uh, but but that being said, the mindset of someone who's a Democratic donor uh, and 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 supposed to be supposedly you know all about Democratic causes and pro civil rights, pro black, pro all these things, then there's another part of them that that wants to see black people drugged up and dead and has no problem being a full participant in it if you believe the allegations and the charges. It's, it's a bizarre case, uh, but intent and whether others can show that pattern in practice, because he could say it was just a mistake, or these two men shot up themselves, they can say all kinds of things. But if there's several men who went through this and just didn't happen to die, that's a big plus for the government if they can get those similar, similar bad acts in.
5: And uh, again, two black men, uh, who died in at the, at, at the apartment of Ed Buck, Robert?
7: Look, look, Roland. I, I think if you want to know what white privilege and wealthy privilege is in this country, think mm-hmm. about the fact that they were willing to spot him one dead Negro. That he could have just, if he had just stopped the one dead Negro on his couch, people were fine mm-hmm. with just letting that go. It wasn't until he got to the second one did they say, "Oh, hey, now now you're going overboard. You can't have this many." But one and was he, just they, fine for most of America
5: well, well, fact, well, well, well drug actually, actually 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 it wasn't until, it really was it really, it really it really it really was the advocacy of Jasmine raising this story and again she couldn't get a lot of media folks in LA to pay attention to it right. and they, and, they, and there were democratic officials who kept accepting airbucks donations mm-hmm. who would not say anything yeah,
7: yeah. yeah. and in the first to-
8: case they suppressed the drugs they <laughs> They suppressed the drugs because the, when they were they were saving the life or trying to save the life of the first one or the second one, there was drugs and drug paraphernalia all around. And and the courts or the or the government, uh, the prosecutor said he wasn't going to charge them originally because the drugs the, they need the drugs, and that he didn't think it was a legal search, even though the police and the um, and the ambulance personnel were there trying to save someone from an OD and they're looking around, and the place is full of drugs and drug paraphernalia. What is that? That's that's well, open
7: view right there. Yeah, we, we live in a country where if you are rich and if you are white, there is very little you can do. To, uh, uh, when one of them ends up going to jail, you have to think about just how bad you had to mess up. In order for that to happen, when they will spot you <laughs> right. a couple dead Negroes in your house, right. like you have right. to mess up real bad in order for that to happen. I, I, and, uh, I think this does put a focus on some of the people who claim hey, to right. be our allies, because when you they say they're our allies, fight. often they mean they're our allies for us to get them elected. They're our allies for their political agenda, but when it comes down to it, they don't have no problem having a couple dead Negroes on the couch from time to time.
8: So, so, a white person to get arrested and charged for murder for killing two black people, they got to be twice as bad than for a black person. who well, look, Scott, <laughs> who, think about who who what you just said. Or may even sexually assault a white woman. Think about it. Scott, think, Scott, about think about that. You, just
7: said, you just said they found a dead Negro on his couch with a bunch of drug <laughs> and drug paraphernalia everywhere, and they were willing to just let it go. Like, okay, cool. That's what you do. <laughs> they said, oh, we can't use those drugs. That, that, that
5: wasn't legal. <laughs> uh, that, uh, uh, that is it, folks. Also in California, five Palo Alto police officers are suing the city over a now-removed 245-foot-long Black Lives Matter mural across the street from City Hall. The officers say the mural was discriminatory and harassing and included anti-police imagery, creating a hostile working environment. The mural was a temporary installation in June 2020. The city's public art commission got different artists to paint Black Lives Matter near City Hall. The second E of the mural included a picture and a quote from former Black Panther member Asada Shakur. The suit states it also included the new Black Panther Party logo, which officers complained to the city constituted a violation of the Fair Employment and Housing Act. Palo Alto City Council had the mirror removed in November, saying the anticipated uh, shift in weather and concerns over public safety and traffic impacts. Robert, talk about these whiny ass cops. <laughs> we're going with this.
7: Between, over the next 20 years, expect to see a lot of this. Between now and the singularity, as Scott mentioned earlier, when America will become a majority-minority nation, uh, all the, we're going to see a lot of this white grievance, this white discriminatory, uh, discriminatory grievance. This is what we're seeing in the critical race theory conversation. This is what was in the reparations conversation, where now they have to make themselves the victim. The idea of anybody else's thing being recognized somehow scares them and shakes them down to their core, core, down to their soul. They cannot... Uh, uh, Process the concept of someone else actually having a voice and not uh, being the old Western uh, good guys versus bad guys, and we're always on the right side of things, uh, narrative that Americans always had. So. America is going to have to adapt to white people adapting to no longer being in power in the country. It's going to be a growing pains uh, issue. It's going mm-hmm. uh, uh, to be a contentious issue. But they're go- this is why they want to build a border wall. They don't want to stop people from Norway from coming into the country <laughs> legally. They want to stop brown people from coming into the country legally. Right. This is why you see right. them this week uh, celebrating trying to bring more Cuban refugees over because of political unrest <laughs> there. But the president of Haiti gets assassinated. They have, they have said nothing about bringing any Haitians over here. So they're afraid of what is coming. And because of that, we're going to see more of this continuously. Yeah. This is why you keep seeing these Karens break down in every Victoria's secret around the country, because they can't take what's going on right now, Them becoming a minority.
5: Mm-hmm. Folks, mm-hmm. let's go to Utah, where a 19-year-old is facing a hate crime charge for allegedly taunting a police officer. Lauren Gibson and several of her friends were heading home on a camping trip when one of the cars got pulled over. Gibson says the Garfield County Sheriff's deputy who pulled her over her friend's car was aggressive and wrote her friend a speeding ticket. After watching the interaction, Gibson picked up a back the blue sign she said her friend's found on the side of the road and waved it at the officer. Then she stepped on it and threw it in the trash. The California college student was arrested and charged with disorderly conduct and criminal mischief with a hate crime enhancement for her attempt to, quote, intimidate law enforcement. Gibson said she tossed the sign because she was angry over how the officer treated her friend.
8: Am my mood. <laughs> my turn, it's gotta be my turn on this. Go ahead. These These laws, this was a hate crime is what you're saying. She was charged with a hate crime and I think she can get up to a year or maybe 20 years in jail if she's convicted. But, but since when were the police have become a protected class or someone that have a has a history of hate being used against them simply because they're, they're the police? Or or your last story where Black Lives Matter it doesn't mean blue lives don't matter. It means black lives are for good policing, not bad policing. And so you see these statutes and these directs popping up locally because of the police union pressure. But the fact of the matter is all of them, eventually are gonna be found unconstitutional. They're not in a protected class, if you will, that, and and, and when juxtaposed with the First Amendment right of this young lady in Utah, or any of these other cases where I speak out against the police, or I rip up something, or I say I hate the police, basically, I've got a First Amendment right to do that, and the courts are gonna agree with me. I don't care whether you're in the Fourth Circuit, or the Ninth Circuit, and hopefully the Supreme Court, that the First Amendment reigns because there's gotta be an important state interest in order to infringe uh, a compelling state interest, I'm sorry, Robert, a compelling state interest to infringe on my First Amendment and saying I don't like the police and ripping up a sign is not a compelling state interest simply because that's my opinion of the police.
5: You, don't, don't you wave a sign at me and stop on it. <laughs> Robert go ahead
7: look, look. Well, one of the things, uh, this is another place where we're going to have to grapple with the singularity that's coming, because many of the laws that were put in place to protect African Americans and other minorities uh, were written so ambiguously back in the day, in order to maintain, as Scott said, strict constitutional scrutiny, uh, that now right. they're going to face new judicial challenges from people who are trying to use them for the exact opposite of what they were initially intended for. So we're going to see hate crimes laws being used to uh, to support and defend police officers who are committing hate crimes at the at that same time. Sure in the affirmative action field, uh, where white students are now arguing, well, I need to be a protected minority, and and therefore I need to be protected by these laws. This is going to continue to happen. No majority nation, has ever become a minority nation peacefully. So hopefully all they do is fight through the court systems. Hopefully all they do is break down and get mad and uh, make angry tweets online. But it's going to be a growing pains process for this country. These people learn how to live as minorities. And you know, the first time we have President Juan Santo uh, of the United States of America, followed by Barack Hussein, followed by uh, Kamala, uh, so on and so forth, these people are going into panic mode, and they don't know what to do about it.
5: All right, folks. Got to go to a break. All right. Uh, again, let me give a shout out to people uh, who are actually given during the show. Uh, let's see here. Uh, give me a second. Let me pull folks up. Uh, again, um, uh, about, let's see. Uh, nearly uh, see. Uh, Allison Kinsey. I appreciate it, Allison. Thanks a bunch. Uh, Tommy Butler. Thanks a lot. Aaron Tuff. Uh, Sonia Jenkins. Meredith Burton. Uh, let's see here. Gloria Middleton. Raymond Connard, Ida Jenkins. Earlier I said Rachel Harrison. I appreciate that. It's also Vincent Kemp. Kalinda Lee. Tania Williams. Charlotte Gulapmore. El uh, Rita Rogers, Phyllis Bill, Cordell McMillan. Uh, and so, folks, we are up to almost $1,300. And so, we got one more commercial break. I got 10 minutes. Support us, Cash App, Balasan RM Unfiltered. We want to hit $2,500. And so, let's go, folks. If we can do $1,200 more, we hit our goal. Uh, let's go. Uh, cash App, Balasan RM Unfiltered, paypal.me. Uh, Four slash r martin unfiltered venmo.com forward slash rm unfiltered Zell is rolling at rolling dot martin.com rolling at rolling martin unfiltered.com i'll be right back when
2: you study the music yeah. you get
5: black history by default
2: and so no no other craft could carry as many words as rap music i try to intertwine that and make that create the whatever i'm supposed to send out to the universe A rapper, it, you know, for the longest period of time has gone through phases. I love the word. I hate I hate what it's become, you know, into in this generation, the way they visualize it.
7: Its narrative kind of like has gotten away and spun away
3: from, I guess, the ascension of black people.
1: have always been essential Mm -hmm. so now Mm -hmm. how are you going to pay us like that and it's not just the the salary Mm -hmm. i mean there are a whole number of
9: issues that have to support us as women yeah
1: but that's what we deserve Mm -hmm. we shouldn't have to beg anybody for that i think that we are trying to do our best as a generation to honor the fact we didn't come here alone, and we didn't come here by accident. I always say every generation
9: has to define for itself yeah. what it means to move the needle forward.
5: Carl Payne pretended to be Roland Martin,
10: holla! Hi, I'm Chaley Rose, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered.
5: All got to get your thoughts on this. Have y'all seen the uh, Juvenile uh, Vax That Thing Up video? Uh, this is a headline in Politico. Biden's COVID vaccine campaign is sputtering. Juvenile thinks he can help. The 90s rap star was vaccine hesitant, too, but he changed his mind and remixed his classic to- uh, tune in hopes of convincing others, too. Here's the deal, Robert. Uh, I would probably say uh, the plan is sputtering because. Uh, the ad agency, they ain't spending money with black media. Uh, I, I can tell you, it's very interesting. I can tell you, uh, you know, we, we, we reached out to uh, Forrest Marsh, uh, presented a plan back in April, uh, was asked to scale it down. Then they went ghost on us for about a month. Uh, and then we followed up by saying, okay, what the hell? And then, uh, you know, the sister working the plan was like, wasn't happy that I had criticized Forza Marshall, hell, y'all ain't supporting black media. Uh, and here's my whole deal. Uh, whenever something comes up, do you see Eminem or uh, Iggy Azalea uh, in ads? It, it always amazes me black people gotta be entertained when it comes to these sort of campaigns. Uh, and again, not nothing against, against juvenile, but it's with these agencies that think that's the only way to reach black people uh, is if you uh, go to black entertainers, as opposed to also utilizing trusted black voices, experts, things along those lines. That to me, it just bothers me in so many different ways.
7: You're correct, but I think the more interesting thing is that uh, black folks aren't the people driving the vaccine hesitancy, as as was initially thought to be the case. It is these white MAGAs who are out there uh, spreading this disinformation, who are telling their communities not to get vaccinated. That is for a completely nefarious purpose, uh, if you really think about it. What they want is for more people to get sick with COVID so that people will blame it on Biden the same way they blamed it on Trump. That's why you see the Candace Owens of the world. That's why you see the Charlie of the world. That's why you see all the Republican voices coming out against vaccination and against mass mandates because they want as many people as possible to get sick and die under Biden's watch, so they can say, Oh, look, see, it wasn't Trump's fault after all. They are willing, they are think about how sick and perverted that is. They are willing to let people die by the tens of thousands, and <laughs> not hundreds of thousands, in order to prove Trump right. And to help get them back in office. So I think people have to realize that and start going to the NASCAR races, start going to the country music awards, you know, get the uh, get Taylor Swift and then get them on board making remixes also, because those are the people who are driving the vaccine hesitancy.
8: Country music stars, have them get involved because if you look at the numbers, uh Democrats are being vaccinated. I think it's up something like eighty plus percent, and if you look at the Republicans, like 80 to 90% of them haven't been vaccinated. And so uh, the c- country music stars or people who appeal to those audiences, they need to get them involved, if you will. Because uh, Robert's right, it's not black people. There's some people who just won't do it for non political reasons. I got it. It's the most crazy debate you have with them. But the bottom line is you're just telling me you don't really care about me and others, you care about yourself. You don't care about others. You don't care about others dying and those who have died before. And so I get tired of debating whether the Republicans or individuals in our communities who don't want to be vaccinated or have some other alternative conspiracy theory about this, even if you got one. It's better to be vaccinated for all the right reasons so that we can have herd immunity, so we can eliminate this deadly disease that's killed over a half a million people, and we can move forward as a community, as a as a world community. And the only way we're going to do that is get the vaccination. Doesn't mean you won't get sick. It means you'll be less sick, right? And if you give it to somebody, you're more likely not to. But if you do, they'll be less sick. And that's really important to getting the herd immunity and eliminating the disease. How complicated that can that be? How political is the statement I just made. It's completely non-political. It's rooted in health. And I don't understand why America just can't get it right.
5: Cause you got a whole bunch of crazy ass white folks who run around listening to Donald Trump and listen to listening to these fools like Charlie Kurt and Tucker Carlson and all these fools on Fox News. When all of them same fools on Fox News, all they dumbasses have been vaccinated.
8: Exactly. Exactly. They've been vaccinated. It's unbelievable. Well, I keep saying it's unbelievable. You're right, though, Roland. It is believable because it's unfolding in our in our very before our very eyes. It really is. It's it's just completely crazy.
7: Well, just remember, the whole point of this is electoral politics at the end of the day. You have the major voices in conservative media pushing back against a vaccine that was developed by or during the Trump administration. You could rightfully call this the Trump vaccine. And they are even against that because they want enough people (laughs) to die to help them win in the midterms. It's got to be the craziest thing I've ever seen. And it's to the point where most of us are thinking about moving to an island somewhere
5: just to be away from these people. But this is the reality of the America we live in. These folk done lost their mind. That's what's going on. Yes. All right, folks, uh, that is it for us. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you so very much, Robert and Scott. Uh, let me see. If hey, I- did you get to
8: 2,500?
5: Hold on, let's see here. Gabriel Ferdinand, Mary Carruthers. Uh, let's see here, give me a second. Uh, Venus Keith. Uh, also, who, uh, Darren Jones uh Randall Shambly uh Nakisha Stanfield, LaBrenda Williams, Brian Hall, Chapella Mark, uh Fun, Malik Shakir, uh let's see here. Uh all right, then Gabriel uh Olivia Kimberly Snodgrass. All right, so let me add this up. Uh
8: I gave to Zell
5: you don't see mine mm-hmm. I don't get a you lying you, you are nice, right,
8: you a lie you a nice
5: no me. you must you, you 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 first of all Scott you lying I ain't seen your name at all look
8: it's, it's right up there look let's see now hold on where is
5: I don't oh, see your you name at all I don't, name. Oh, I don't see your name
8: nice. I don't
5: see your name at all no here, here, we're here. at 1877 look at that. Look at that. Look at that. hold up That's I don't even hold up, let me check hold up that that was Zell when did you when did you do that?
8: Uh, while why we were on break.
5: Okay. $1, that, $1, th- that ain't that ain't come through. Oh,
8: it ain't come through yet. well I gave it to you so you had to get the 25.
5: No. I ain't. I'm looking I'm looking at all the zells and I don't see I don't see yeah. I don't see your thousand. What time was that? That, that well, hold, hold on. Hold on. Did you did you hit uh, send? Yeah, it says pending. Look. It's it pending. Says
8: it, says it ain't well, come through. Well I can't do, but I gotta get credit for it anyway. Okay, bro, I want you to give me the best shout out you can come up with because I just gave you a thousand dollars. Well first of Say all something nice about your boy.
5: Well, well first of all, Nine, Scott, I, I sent you a text today, I sent you a hell of a lot more today. So uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah. Nice try. Nice yeah, Well I was trying to give you a little bit back.
8: I was giving you a little
5: bit. Back. <laughs> you gave me a little bit back? You ain't give me you, you ain't giving me ten percent back.
8: <laughs> I ain't got yours. You're spending too. Mine is spending. My, president, president. my,
5: my uh, I told you. Check with your account department. Mine went, through, just, July. Mine went through July. Mine went through July first. You're gonna have my money for 13 days. Anyway, if y'all want to support Ronald <laughs> Martin yeah, that's the nicest I'm gonna say. Check with your accounting department, <laughs> y'all. Everybody who gave today, I guess, includes Scott. Y'all, thanks a bunch. Yes. Uh, so, with Scott's eighteen hundred, with, with Scott's a thousand, uh, we're at uh, two thousand eight hundred and seventy-seven. Ray Wilson, Joseph yeah. Joseph Hayes just gave, uh, so we're actually at uh, uh, we're actually at. Uh, 2,892. If y'all want to support Roller Unfiltered, remember, every dollar you give goes to support this show tomorrow. See, this is why y'all got to support what we do. Tomorrow, we're going to be actually at the U.S. Capitol with the National Coalition of Black Civic Particip- Particip- Participation live streaming their event on Capitol Hill, fighting for voting rights. Uh, we're going to be out there uh, we're going to have two of our cameras. Hey, Anthony, bring me that live view. Uh, and so we're going to be out there for, of course, uh, with our cameras, uh, live streaming that event. And so that's why we do what we do. When y'all watch us every single day, we were streaming earlier, the unrest in South South Africa, Associated Press. Look, we pay $101,000 a year for that. Uh, I just want y'all to understand what your money goes to. And so this here is called the live view. This is the live view LU-800. Uh, this is the one of the live streaming units. Uh, this is a, ABC, NBC, CBS, all the networks. This is the top-of-the-line live-streaming unit. We have two of these. Do understand, this unit, along two of these, along with the rack unit, uh, actually cost us $80,000. So y'all just need to understand. When I'm, so I believe in showing y'all what y'all money goes to. And so by us being able to have two of these, we can be live-streaming events in different parts of the country. Uh, and so that's why we appreciate all of your support. More than 3,000 of y'all watching live on YouTube, Facebook, uh Twitter and Instagram, and so thank you so very much. And so when you give, and, and trust me, uh, we gotta pay. Uh, we gotta pay uh, for the broadband cost every single month for both of these. Your money goes to support that, and so we appreciate it. Our LU Smart app, when Black Voters Matter, when they're out, we send them that app. We can live stream their events as well, and so that's why we. That's why we encourage you to support what we do here. I can't wait to show y'all our new studio once we finish having this thing built up. Uh, we literally have ordered. Six new of our Sony robotic cameras. Uh, those cameras, folks, were $3,000 each. Uh, we've got an all kind of different stuff built. Again, our green screen is gonna be over here. The black drape company we feature on the show. They're actually gonna be uh, making that for us as well. And so uh, do understand when you give the Roller Martin Unfiltered, you're also giving the support uh, black-owned businesses as well. And so Cash shoppers, is dollar sign RM Unfiltered, PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered, Venmo is RM Unfiltered, Zell is rolling at rolling rolling at RolandMartinUnfiltred.com That's it folks, I'll see y'all tomorrow Don't forget, 1pm, 1, 1 to 4 We'll be broadcasting uh, from the US Capitol Of the, uh, pro- uh, the protest happening there For voting rights Then we'll see you live at 6pm Right here on Roland Martin Unfiltered.
0: Holla! From
1: BBC Radio 4 Britain's biggest paranormal podcast Is going on
2: a road trip
0: Hey
5: everyone, this is Jody Sweeton from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos.